Commissioner Montgomery. Yeah, it's it's fine. We're live. Uh, we'll hopefully she'll join in a second. Sorry. I'm here. Yeah, I'm working on it. I, I stepped away. I'm sorry. I thought you were going to take longer. <laughs> it, it, I'm running it, back now. I'm running back. I'm running back. <laughs> I apologize. That's okay. We're. It was my fault. We were late because of all the computer problems I'm having. So you are. I like, Maybe I have time to get something to drink. <laughs> my apologies, everybody. You know, it's Happy New Year. Your computer hates you. <laughs> Why, why 2K? <laughs> I was on that committee for the city. <laughs> That's how long I've been here. <laughs> okay, we are live. We are good. I think we can uh, make this happen, folks. Okay, we, we could convene? Yes, my apologies. Okay, well, this is the January 11th, 2022 Open Government Commission meeting. Uh, Madam Clerk, can you do a roll call, please? Uh, Commissioners Canberra. You were muted. <laughs> Here. Chen. Present. Lo Palato. Present. Montgomery. Present. Chair Tilos. Here. Five present. Okay. And I think uh, Madam Clerk did state um, welcome, um, Commissioner Canberra. Um, yeah. Actually, when I first started on this commission, uh, uh, Commissioner Camber was the chair, so you're going full circle on this. We go back a long way, that's for darn sure, but it is <laughs> nothing like when we were on the first time. Yeah, it's uh, quite different, but there are no complaints uh, tonight, so hopefully we, we don't get into that 10 o'clock or even the 9 o'clock hour, but we will see. Okay, so I guess the next um, part of business... This is a non-agenda public comment. Do we have any speakers? We do not. Okay. I am just adjusting my screen because I always forget to hit the participants. So I always just see all the faces. Um, Commissioner Canberra, I just want to point you out to that because it took me about five meetings to actually figure out that there is a participant listing so you could actually see panelists and attendees. So just in case you don't have that one up, because it is a little different from when we were doing live meetings back in the day, we didn't have to worry about technology. Okay, so um, as I alluded to earlier, we do not have any complaint hearings. So I guess, does that take us to regular agenda items, Madam Clerk? Yes, it does. Okay, so our first agenda item is 4A, selection of a chair and vice chair. Uh, commissioners, are there any questions? I think this is going to be pretty straightforward here. Okay, I do not see any hands up. Um, I guess, Madam Clerk, are there any speakers? There are no speakers. Okay, um, do we have a motion? Or any discussion? I'm not sure what the normal discussion is. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so let me start by giving a little bit of background. Um, and this is just from my prior experience. So it's very limited. Um, Commissioner Canberra, chime in. Um, also, um, so how we've done it on the Open Government Commission is we sort of rotated who gets to be the chair and the vice chair. 
and throughout this way everyone has a different experience to you know just be you know part of the commission actually get to be the chair um my time is up so i'll be stepping down from this position and normally what we do is uh, we sort of just go by uh how long you've been on the commission so i would say next up just by tenure would be that vice chair Lopalato takes on being the chair commissioner chen would take on being the vice chair commissioner montgomery i think you'd be next in line to be vice chair at this time next year and commissioner camera would be you know in line to move into your spot so the, um i'll leave it at that um so i will uh, i see a hand up commissioner montgomery i so move okay so i will make that motion to uh uh, elect Vice Chair Lo Plato as the new chair and Commissioner Chen to be the vice chair. So I have a second. Commissioner Montgomery. Are you muted? Did I made the motion, right? So I oh so you made the motion. Okay. So I will second your motion. Okay. Got it. Okay, Madam Clerk, can we do a vote? Commissioner uh, Canberra. Aye. Chen. Aye. Lovelato. Aye. Montgomery. Aye. Chair Tilos. Aye. That carries by five eyes. Well, congratulations and thank you for uh, stepping up into new roles. I see a hand up by Vice Chair Lovelato. Uh, thank you, Chair Tulis. Uh One quick, I guess, clarification that I, I was hoping to make is, um, I guess, a, a request that this would be effective in, for the February meeting, such that, uh, Chair Tulis, you can continue your excellent service through this meeting. Sure. If uh, no commissioners object, I, I don't mind you know, just uh, doing the same old thing. Okay. Okay. I'm seeing some head nods. Okay. We're going to keep it going. We're not going to get to nine o'clock. So we're there. Okay. Um, so that brings us to the next agenda item 4B minutes of the December 6th, 2021 meeting. Commissioners, any questions on the minutes? They were pretty long. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you, city staff, for capturing everything. It was, yeah, quite, quite a read. Uh, Commissioner Lopalato. Um, thank you. I actually had uh, a couple potentially minor corrections, so not really questions. Uh, would you okay. prefer to hear them now or sort of after while we're discussing? Um, if commissioners don't have any other questions in regards to, I guess we could go to the correction part. Okay, seeing a head nod. Okay, Commissioner Lopalato. Okay. Um, well, first, yeah, definitely echoing uh, what you said, Mr. Chair. It was a really complex discussion with about a dozen different lines of analysis going simultaneously. So big thank you to staff for um, memorializing those. And um, one small correction I had in the, in the beginning on page four, um, there's a minutes on page four of the minutes. There was a statement uh, near the bottom of the page about four sort of paragraphs up saying, um, Mr. Shabazz concurred with the assistant city attorney. Um, and so these are just maybe things to double check, Madam Clerk. Um, I don't know that that he said those words at any point, and I'm just 
very hesitant to put words in the mouth of a complainant during an adjudicatory process. So that might be something worth double checking. If it was a, you know, a head nod or something, then, um, you know, maybe it should be referred to that way. I don't know that there was an actual agreement with any of the statements that were made um, verbally. Um, and then there were a couple other small corrections just to, um, to some of the summaries of my statements during the deliberations where I think the like transitional phrase might've been lost in a way that could potentially distort the meaning for someone just reading. Um, on page nine of 17, uh, at the top of the page, um, there's some comments I made about sort of struggling with the fact of a statute of limitations. Uh, and I think what I noticed sort of elsewhere that might make sense to do here to place that in context is to just begin it with like in response to Commissioner Chen's motion. Um, and then uh, on page 10, near the bottom, um, there's the, the minutes say that um, it, in part of my discussion at the very bottom of page 10, um, that I had said that the commission making precedent decisions regarding social media disclosures is improper. Um, what I said was actually a little bit uh, more nuanced, which was, you know, it would probably be improper for the commission to act as if it was making precedent as to whether social media communication should always be disclosed or never disclosed. Um, just sort of a, a relevant detail, I think. Um, and then there's also uh, some transitional language in there where after the sentence or the phrase, the language in the San Jose case is a bit more permissive as to what analysis the commission could undertake tonight. Um, I think a parenthetical that that I, I, I cited to a case page in there, sort of providing some details from the case and the transitional statement that makes the rest of the paragraph make sense is, uh, you know, could be however, you know, thinks Chair Tilos's comments are well taken and the commission may not need to go in that direction. Um, and then kind of similar, there was another, if we do go in that direction line, transitionally on page 12, the second paragraph, uh, begins with Vice Chair Loblato stated that, you know, she respects the delineation. After that semicolon, just the addition of the, the phrase, if we do go in that direction, any commission decision should state, it was upon the guidance of the Chief Assistant City Attorney. Thank you, sorry for those, those minute details, but I, I do think they would be important to the record later. Thank you. Mr. Chen. Uh, I move we accept the minutes with the uh, corrections. Mr. Montgomery. Second. Madam Clerk, can you take a vote, please? Mr. Kimbra. Uh, given the complexity of those minutes, I am going to abstain, even though I did watch the video. Chen. Aye. Low Pilato. Aye. Montgomery. Aye. Chair Tilos. Aye. Carries four to one. Okay, moving along. Item 4C, report to the city council on issues arising from the implementation of the Sunshine Ordinance.
Oh, I do see a hand up, Commissioner Montgomery. I'm wondering if as we go along this, we could do it with the the with the copy from Commissioner Lopalato with her comments as opposed to just the straight copy, if, if that's okay. Yeah, um, Commissioner Chen. Oh, okay that, was, that was exactly my uh, thinking. Okay, awesome. Great, great minds. <laughs> so shall I start? Not yes, okay. <laughs> All right, this is the, uh, even though this has been in our bylaws, uh, this is the first time the Open Government Commission has uh, prepared a report to the city council uh, on issues arising from implementation of the Sunshine Ordinance. So um, I appreciate that uh, uh, President-to-be Lopalato <laughs> pointed out that uh, I was, uh, I and uh, Vice Chair uh, Shabazz um, were just <laughs> flailing around trying to figure out what the best format was to do this. So uh, thanks to the input at the last meeting, uh, I was able to try to pull it together and um, this is what it is. So I'm just gonna, uh, City Clerk, Madam City Clerk, can you put it up on the screen so we can all read along or something? Or the, the Commissioner uh, Lopalato's version? Yes, just give me one moment. All right, thank you. That way the people at home could see what they were looking at and talking about. So basically, uh, we kind of saw this as the parking lot that we put things into while we're uh, struggling over uh, uh, the complaints and the issues that have come up in the past year. And so all the parking lot things that we thought could be fixed or had possible solutions or at least needed to be presented to city council uh, landed in this report. So we are following what uh, was in the um, in the bylaws, which says that uh, annually we should be uh, report in writing to the council any practical policy issues, uh, problems encountered in the administration of the Sunshine Ordinance. Um, so in response to that, the uh, OGC. Um, voted to establish uh, this subcommittee on May 3rd, which uh, also on May 3rd, just as an aside, uh, that was when the bylaw subcommittee was established as well. So we had uh, several commissioners working on subcommittees to try to address some of the issues that we had uh, been confronted with. Um, so I, I, I think you, you all can read, so I'm just gonna scroll down to, um, the practical and procedural problems encountered in the administration. And I thought I would start positive because, uh, because I did. Uh, so uh, from the onset, we, we realized we had a lack of clarity 
over the rules of order and governing procedures. Uh, and that resulted in us um, having very long meetings. Plus we had a, a, a lot of complaints to handle at the same time. Uh, and we had three new members out of five people. So it, it, it was a difficult situation. The, uh, what we realized was uh, the uh, 2012 OGC bylaws, which were written when this organization was formed, had, had not been touched before. And uh, we also realized that with uh, technology and all these other issues that the complaint procedures needed addressing as well. So we were able to do that uh, between our subcommittees uh, and, and talking among ourselves as to how we could fix things. So that's just to show that we, <laughs> we saw what problems were and we tried to correct that particular problem. Uh, structural conflict in the inherent, inherent in the dual role of the city attorney's office in both defending the city and the complaint process and at the same time providing legal advice to the OGC. Uh, and so that conflict emerged uh, several years ago um, and uh, uh, we saw as uh, a stopgap kind of way to fix things. Um, the uh, chief assistant city attorney uh, Mackenzie offered to uh, start a new procedure, which was to provide uh, the OGC members a neutral statement on each complaint. Uh, and uh, she herself would not discuss the case with the other uh, city attorneys in her office to kind of sequester herself and not become in, not be put in a, a situation. So this started, I think, uh, two months ago, where I think we only we've only seen two complaints since that time. So you know, it it seems to be working relatively well. We'll we'll see how that goes, but you know, we're glad that we were able to find a. A, a solution. Um, <clears throat> we also were confused as to what kind of choices we had as to deciding the complaints. Um, we were given the impression there was only binary, you know, either you sustain or you, um, you uh, deny as unfounded. And we felt that those were two extreme choices. So in, in conversation with the city attorney and um, ourselves, <laughs> we've come up with five different options that the commissioners can decide upon uh, on each complaint. And these are the five options. One, complaint sustained with cure and correct recommendation. Two, complaint sustained without cure and correct recommendation. That's usually with complaints that have been um, uh, either resolved subsequent to after, subsequent to us hear, having hearing the complaint or whatever it is couldn't be fixed because it was too late. Um, so that's the number two. Number three, complaint denied. And then four is complaint denied as unfounded. Um, number five is complaint dismissed on juris jurisdictional procedural grounds and not on a finding of merit. Um, the complaint denied as unfounded is significant because if, if one complainant has uh, how many, two complaints found to be unfounded, 
uh, in one 12 month period, that complainant will be prohibited from making a complaint for the next five years. And um, so that's a, number four would be a serious finding as unfounded and we, we don't, it has to be unbounded before we would decide that. Otherwise we would just uh, deny the complaint. Um, the complaint form is in the process of being uh, updated and is going to be voted on tonight. So, um, you know, as, uh, as Commissioner Lopalato uh, mentioned, uh, we might hold off on uh, going with that statement per se, or just, well, we can decide what to do with that because it is getting fixed. Um, so number four, uh, Roman rule four, are the problems encountered that may still need clarification. Uh, the first one is um, we're not sure given this uh, limited staff type, staff have in uh, handling all the, their workload, whether or not what we can ask of them in, in service of the commission. So this is just a question to the city council, like will the council, uh, does the council believe that they need to allocate more resources to the uh, staff who uh, uh, are addressing what the OGC commissioners are asking for? So what, what is really the deal there? Um, and also we really need a, a comprehensive orientation to the uh, duties of the OGC and, uh, and kind of a, a primer on uh, what we should know and what we need to know. Um, those are the recommendation as a list of things in that. Um, because the OGC was only uh, required to meet twice a year unless there were uh, complaints, uh, we realized that even though the commission has existed for 10 years, uh, there is limited continuity and institutional memory of the commission with the exception of our new commissioner, uh, Canberra. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, we're, uh, the commissioners don't meet, have not met that often, uh, with the exception of this commission, which uh, met 10 times because we decided we had work to do uh, after uh, above and beyond just hearing the complaints. So um, we're thinking that there just needs to be some kind of um, allocation of resources to the development of a 10-year report to give everyone kind of a history and overview of what the commission is about and what it's supposed to do. And um, just, just build in some kind of structure that improves our institutional um, memory and, and continuity. Um, the other issue I realized in, in reading the bylaws is that each commissioner can only serve a total of four years, um, total. So I don't know if we wanna change, uh, suggest that is changed, but uh, these are all things that mean that every, every, every two years there's a turnover of commissioners and uh, uh, who may, may not have a, a good foundation of, of what is open government and sunshine ordinance. Um, the other issues that I'm listing arose from 
I'm so sorry to interrupt Commissioner Chen, but that is time. That's been the 10 minutes, but the commission can vote to extend the time if desired. So. Commissioner Montgomery. <laughs> so move. What, how much time do you need, Commissioner Chen? Uh, I think maybe three more minutes. I move to, to give Commissioner Chen, Commissioner Chen five more minutes. Thank you. I don't think we need a vote. I think there's enough head nods. Is that correct, Madam Clerk? You do need a vote. It, it so requires a, a okay. yeah, majority I'll, I'll vote. I'll second Commissioner Montgomery's uh, motion. Uh, Madam Clerk, can you uh, take yes. a vote for Commissioners Canberra. Yes. Chen. Yes. Lo Palato. Yes. Montgomery. Yes. Chair Chilos. Yes. That carries by five eyes. Okay, so in hearing complaints, even though we may not, we might not have sustained a complaint, there were issues raised in the complaint that uh, warranted further uh, exploration and consideration. And so in the complaint filed by Paul Foreman on March 1st, he alleged that an ad hoc committee created by the Recreation and Parks Department was in fact a legislative body and should have followed Brown Act requirements. Um, in, in doing a little research, we realized that the Brown Act does not have within its definition a, um, an ad hoc committee, but does define a, uh, does, uh, does mention or refer to temporary advisory committees. And so in order to kind of clean up that language, uh, perhaps it would be very helpful to have the Sunshine Ordinance uh, have language that aligns with the, uh, the Brown Act on this issue, as well as um, looking at um, any kind of opinions that have been uh, ruled on as to, as to this issue, because uh, we, we really want to see everybody understand uh, what is a quote unquote ad hoc committee. If it's in the if it's in the Sunshine Ordinance, then it should be defined and or you know looking at language to align it more with what the Brown Act says. So number uh, D, the, the issue was the complaint filed by Scott Morris on a, on trying to obtain uh, public records on uh, police arrest records. And uh, basically he, he explained how he had to repeatedly uh, pursue the police department and the city attorney's office to get all of the information that he requested, which took a significant le length of time. And we felt that um, we needed to figure out uh, what were the obstacles uh, in a obtaining police records and um, what, what are the kind of things that can happen to kind of overcome them. And uh, if that piece of information could be included in the annual report of public records requests, which uh, staff puts together uh, every year. Uh, not just saying these requests are made and da 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 da, da but you know, which ones were problematic and what were the obstacles to, to that and how, how that could be improved. Uh, issue E was the complaint filed by Jay Garfinkel 
uh, alleging insufficient notice of council support for a specific bill within a consent calendar item. And uh, I see here our recommendation has already been put into practice by uh, uh, by city staff, by city manager's office. So perhaps we could move that into the uh, success top half of the report to say that um, staff responded to this situation. Um, the complaint filed uh, by uh, former vice chair uh, Rashid Chabaz on December 8th uh, regarded a uh, it not being able to get social media postings by a city council member. And uh, it came to light that uh, any government official like ourselves um, under the Brown Act are required uh, to, to comply with these requests for Public Records Act. And uh, as it turns out, the, this, uh, the, the city council member did not comply and there was no there was, there was no recourse for that. And so that added to the issue of, do we have a social media, does the city have a social media policy? And uh, does the city reflect on what it best practices for uh, officials uh, and appointed officials engaging with the public on social media? So that needed, needs further clarification. Uh, the appendix uh, is, uh, is data that uh, vice, Vice Chair Shabazz had compiled and the disposition of Sunshine Ordinance complaints is the, these charts are, uh, these, these bar, bar charts are uh, based on information that the city staff gave him. So uh, that's why there's two bar charts, put two sets for 2018 that was not truly clarified, but you can and, see. I'm oh, so sorry again. <laughs> So, um, have your that was the ten minute timer and plus five minutes for the presentation. You do still have your nine minutes of discussion time during if you. Okay. And, okay. So I'm just gonna well. I'm just gonna be quiet and let let yeah. uh, the commissioners uh, ask questions or comment. Okay, I, I saw the hand up for Commissioner Montgomery, but now it's down. Was that for the up? Yes. Um, I'm wondering, can we go back to the beginning and go over the Commissioner um, Lopalato's comments on the side? Did, did, did we talk about those as we went through and are we going to accept these changes um, or suggestions? Let's, um, I'm thinking, do we, so I'm asking this to the Commission, do we need to go through each and every one or are people, or are there certain ones that we could just jump to where maybe there was some disagreement? Maybe that's a faster way than, because if you're in agreement with them, then maybe most of us are, we could just go down that route, but if there's something that really sticks out. Maybe we should tackle those first. Um, commissioners, let me know your thoughts, Commissioner Montgomery. I just had um, one thing uh, around the packet um, and that was the packet was given to me everything that was that's in this statement that's required the sunshine ordinance the brown act all of the things that were that are talked about oh, the orientation packet? yeah so um that might be moved into maybe the success 
part as opposed to down what, what's needed. Cause I, I got that entire packet when, when I became a commissioner. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll move that. I'll move that up because it was just the, th the three of us who were flailing. Right. And I think that's, uh, that's good to know. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner LaPlata. Um, I can actually, thank you. Uh, and first, thank you again, Commissioner Chen. I said this in my, um, my email, but this was a huge undertaking and really such a great service that, that you've, you've done for all of us here to be able to just pick and choose little pieces to talk about in such a, a, a well-structured and, and comprehensive report. Um, with respect to that topic A under section four about the orientation packet, I'll just add a note. One thing I did notice in looking at the bylaws is we had created that like index of training materials at the end of the bylaws. The only thing missing from that that's mentioned in this orientation packet idea is um, essentially a copy of the, the Brown Act and the Public Records Act. And so I think if, if Madam Clerk is open to the possibility of including a link to the Brown Act and the PRA in the bylaw revision section there, um, or in the bylaw index or separately providing that, then I think we've sort of truly accomplished this uh, orientation point. Um, I do wonder, and this is could be subject for another day, I think Commissioner Chen, your point about, um, you know, sort of clarification around like what commission staff partnership should look like. Um, I think you framed it as like, what can we ask of them? Um, but, I, I think there is something to explore there related to how can we, how should we be working with staff? Um, and I, I'm certainly open to it if there's like another way that you wanted to frame that as an ongoing issue um, or it's something we can just kind of see if it continues to, you know, improve over time. Um, and I'll, I'll pause there since that was sort of the, the one that Commissioner Montgomery brought up that I think we're in good shape on hopefully. If I could just comment, happy to add those hyperlinks to the bylaws. Great idea. I'll take care of it tomorrow. Well, I ha I, I have a slight question. Um, are the bylaws posted anywhere online? Other than in our staff reports? Yeah, they're just in the staff report and I just email it out to the, the new um, you know commissioners when they get it. Um, I'd be happy to add it to the Open Government Commission page if you guys would like it there. Um, so it's up and referenceable. I, I think that they're just not typically posted by most boards and commissions, but I don't know why. So happy to add it if you guys want it. Yeah, I, I would. I would like that because I had several people say, I didn't know you had bylaws. Uh, I mean, these were former commissioners, so. <laughs> so that would be good. Um, hey, um, Madam Clerk, just had a question in regards to that statement about the four-year maximum term limit. Is that, how does, is that truly how it works? Is four year max, or can some because someone could do two consecutive, right? Right, right. And, okay. And I mean, potentially, like a council member could go to mayor, which is a different seat, and the mayor, you know, in, in their new seat, they could still keep their same. Per like, yes. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Just, it, yeah. It just seemed the reading of that was a little weird. 
Yeah, I, I, I was confused by in the bylaws because it said, it does say um, somewhere <laughs> that it's four years max. Okay, so okay, so then it brings me to you know if it reads that way, let's say I did two years back in the early two thousands, then would I be maxing out now? Because I think I just did two years, so I'm at my four. Like literally today, I'm, I'm I think I'm entering year four. Well, I think uh, can we ask? Um... Chief Assistant City Attorney. Or, or okay. Madam Clark. <laughs> or somebody. Yeah, so that, that's why I brought it up. It's like, it just doesn't read correctly, you know, that way. It's like, okay, you got a four-year max, but, you know, if you run for president of the United States, it's, you know, two four-year terms, and you have eight terms, but we're saying you just have a four-year, then technically I think I'm there. Commissioner LaPlata? Just to, to orient everyone, this is section 3A of the bylaws, um, which is one of the sections that requires city council action. So it's not something that we as a commission had the ability to touch or revise. So this is, I think, a piece from the original 2012 bylaws. Um, and it, the language does say uh, a term that is concurrent and linked with the service of the appointing city council member, but in no event shall exceed four years. So that, that tracks us. And I think that that's the key thing to say, a term that can't exceed four years. So ah, a single term can't single exceed term. four years. Got it. Right. Got it. I think okay. that's the clarification single there. Term. But you can serve more than one. Two terms. Yeah. Thank you. That confused me. <laughs> yeah, it just, it just, did, yeah, read wrong on here. So I was like. Okay. So I'll, I'll eliminate that in, uh, in the uh, footnote. Commissioner Lopalato. Thank you. Um, just to kind of keep the discussion moving, I'm wondering about subtopic B, um, 4B there, and, and the recommendation regarding um, like development of a 10 year plan plus, you know, sort of encouraging that a report looks like the, you know, that, that lovely well-produced report by the significantly well-staffed um, ethics commission over in Oakland. Um, and, and commissioner Chen, I'm just curious to sort of hear your thoughts on, you know, how, how wedded to an ask that large um, you are or whether you know, sort of what the commission thinks about, you know, whether sort of these, these problems of lack of continuity and institutional memory, you know, might be solved in a less like labor intensive way from staff. Um, I, I think it's a great like aspirational request. I just, I, I sort of fear that that might get bumped to the very, very bottom of a priority list given everything else that city staff has to do and how, you know, interviews with past commissioners and things like that sounds like quite a bit of work. I guess for me uh, personally, and, and as a citizen of Alameda, um, I think it would be good to have a historical document that basically um, talks about what is open government, uh, especially now, uh, as like, what is democracy? Uh, it, this is how we in this 
small town of Alameda pra have practiced open government and the Sunshine Ordinance. Uh, it doesn't have to be as detailed uh, as encyclopedic or anything, but I think that um, uh, people forget the importance of open government and we're seeing the kind of dis destruction of voting rights in this country and people do not really appreciate what, what it entails to have a, a legitimate democracy and what uh, we, we should expect from our elected officials and our uh, appointed officials in terms of open government. So no, it doesn't have to be as robust as uh, my fantasy <laughs> report, but I would like to see uh, the city allocate resources to, to the development of a document that kind of uh, lets people see the, uh, the background behind the whole series of open government and sunshine ordinances that were passed uh, 10, 15 years ago and, and why um, you know, local communities may be the last place where democracy is still practiced. Uh, you know, I, mean, I, I know I'm being hyperbolic, but um, what happens when you keep watching CNN? Um, but I think it's really important that uh, people have a healthy respect for open government and what it means and to remind ourselves and to remind uh, the people we elect uh, what that means. So some kind of document that um, uh, kind of gives, lets people see how important it is and, and how they can practice it themselves. Uh, everyone may hate hearing me say this, but I smell a subcommittee <laughs> in that those comments right there. I think that's, that's, uh, that's a, that's a great goal. And I wonder if um, I'll just throw out as a possible alternative, if, um, if anyone else shares my concern that, that in terms of staff allocation and allocation of sort of financial resources of the city to prepare something, um, you know, of that nature that it might, uh, that that might be too big of an ask to include in this sort of inaugural report that, that an alternative could be, you know, especially now we have Commissioner Canberra with some historical insight and uh, obviously <laughs> new Vice Chair Chen with, with lots of interest that perhaps a staff commission partnership on preparing something like that, which then could be publicized through city channels um, could be a way to soften the ask um, if we're willing to take on some of the labor, that's the only thing I would throw out there. Commissioner Canberra? Yeah, I would just like a little clarification from Commissioner Chen. So I understand the, um, the, the continuity of the functioning of what we do as the Open Government Commission. The other aspect, the democracy aspect, I'm fully on board with. I guess the question is how that would show up. Yes, when I was looking at this, I was thinking, oh, would um, like, for instance, when we have complaints, would there we do a written decision? And would that memory of those decisions create precedent so that similar cases down the road, people would be able to look at that and say, oh, the Open Government Commission handled this case similar to this um, three years ago or five years ago. 
And then for, I think the more uh, substantive non-advisory aspect, um, we've got one, you guys have done a great job on this report. And if a document like this was created every year, would that add to the continuity of the functioning of the Open Government Commission? It does not address the overarching issue about democracy for sure. But at least for a part of that, that was how I was interpreting this section when I read it. So, uh, Commissioner Canberra, you you just took took me down a different path <laughs> of uh, how how we adjudicate all these cases because um, we have no idea of how previous all those other cases were adjudicated. Um, and I, I mean that that seems like a case law thing. Or yeah, something. and and do we want to have knowledge of those prior cases, or do we want every commission to come in with? a new fresh set of eyes. If I could respond. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's important that there is some continuity in our decision-making process so that the public understands that when they come before us in a complaint that is similar to and similar factually it may, may be somewhat distinctive, is that we're not gonna give a completely different decision and find one sustained and another one um, denied and unfounded when the facts, at least on the surface, appear to be similar. So I think that, and again, I don't know, I wanna use the word precedent, that's a legal term. Yeah, yeah. More yeah likely we yeah, would use the word um, guided by. And that's yeah, like a, that's a regular a person one. term, guided by. That's a tough one because in our last meeting too, um, Chief City Attorney also brought up something about that of us setting precedents and stuff too. Because then we go into this rabbit hole of, okay, all this information is out there for us. Then are we going to be asking city staff, hey, is there a case that was similar to this like 10 years ago and we should use that precedent? I, you know, do we want to be many lawyers, many lawyers over here where... I know two of you are, but, you know, this commission could sometimes be just all non-lawyers. And do we want to, you know, take it down that path? I'm not sure. Um, Madam Clerk, you've been waving that hand manually. I, I, so, yes. Sorry, I'm so used to council meetings. Um, so um, I um, want everybody on the commission to remember that um, the Sunshine Ordinance changed. Uh, and part of that trying to have more teeth and have more enforcement part of the modification was to have a posting on the website of all decisions and so that is actually on the commission's website already i announced it a couple meetings ago and maybe nobody got a chance to go look at it but every single decision throughout time is now on the open government commission page and and they're all there with the date and the actual decision you can link right to them all from one spot thank you mr montgomery I think that's that's all well and good, it, but my but my thoughts are that as times change and the days change, um, our our um, ideas will change as well on on what we may or may not deny or sustain as time moves forward and we see things in broader ways. So I'm all about seeing what's been done, but I'm not sure that that's actually like you said, precedent for us to base anything on. Um, but I think that as worded here, 
um, it says could be modeled after. It's like an ask. It's not a has to be modeled after. It's a suggestion. It's a way that that, that they could start. Um, so I, I, I'm not totally against that. Um, two sort of quick notes. One, one with respect to past decisions, we, we all also have access to all the past decisions on the, you know, the OGC, sort of the archives on Legistar, you can look at, um, you know, any of the past. Unfortunately, though, because a lot of the written decisions used to just adopt the proposed order offered by one party, it didn't include, um, you know, the reasoning in the way that, that our, our decisions do now, um, thankfully. Uh, I think on the issue B um, recommendation. I, I'm, I'm also personally fine with the language about, you know, the PRA report could be modeled after this. I think the, the bigger question is whether to make an ask about the development of a, you know, a 10 year report related to sort of the history of the Sunshine Ordinance. It's, that's sort of two separate asks, I, I think, that are being made. Um, and one other thing I'll just flag in this is I don't know that like city council, our audience for this would be aware that an annual report on PRAs is prepared. Um, and so that may be, and Madam Clerk, you know, if you can chime in maybe with some historical context on that, I, I don't think that's actually based in the statute. I think that was a request from the commission, right? That just became a thing that started happening, if I have that right. In which case we might wanna give some, some background in the report when we reference a, a PRA report. So um, the, yeah, the, it kind of evolved from the commission. Um, basically the commission asked questions about the PRAs and then wanted that data back. And so it kind of just got added in exactly. And, and the commission even tweaked it to the extent that they were like modifying the columns and what was um, reported from the att attorney's office and got that granular with it. Um, and, and so, um, you know, that was, an evolution, definitely. And I would say now that we have next request, um, you know, that does all the tracking and can run reports and everything, it's, it's, um, you know, going to evolve again. <laughs> did that answer your question, Vice Chair Loplato? Yeah, yeah, it did, which I think, um, you know, essentially, we just may want to give, I think, like the excellent early pages of background for this audience. Um, you know, like we didn't even know about, about what the nature of that report is that we might just want to include a sentence or two kind of explaining what, what it is if we're going to ask, you know, for a further elaboration of it. Yeah, I, I believe um, former Commissioner Shabazz was the one who requested the PRA report. And then we joined when they, they were going over the, the second year of that report and it became more detailed as a result. That's my short-term recollection. <laughs> so yes, that I should include that history and I'll, I'll have to uh, ask Madam Clerk to help me out on that. Commissioner Montgomery? So, where are we sitting right now? What are we deciding? I feel like we kind of got stalled out a little bit. Yeah. Is, so, yeah. Is so, thing uh, we're uh, supposed to be deciding. Are we going to look at Commissioner Lopalato's um, suggestions? Are we going to just add them? Where are we going? Yeah. Um, I did not. So one piece in there, it talked about 
the complaint form. So since that's a piece of it, let me know, commissioners, if maybe we should jump to that, get a decision on that, then that language can get into here. Then we tidy this whole thing up and vote on it in February, or should we just do everything on this right now, get it to where we're all comfortable, then go on to the next agenda item. Hopefully we get resolution on that complaint form, send it back to staff. They have to put in the language that we still vote on it in February. Um, Vice Chair Lopalata. Um. I, I think I'm definitely in favor of, of bringing back a version in February to um, incorporate right the, the piece that's a later agenda item on um, on tonight's agenda. And then I, I would just suggest uh, deferring to Commissioner Chen. I mean, the, I sort of offered these feed, you know these edits and, and feedback as kind of for consideration, um, not so much as like a line by line. Do we do A or B? Um, so I, I think really it's kind of a question of to the subcommittee of, of what do you see as the sort of best path um, to be able to sort of ensure an efficient vote on February with a final report. Yeah, <clears throat> this report was started uh, six months ago and it keeps changing because we keep, we keep changing and the planet keeps changing. So I, I would like to present a final version next month for your approval. Um, I really appreciate all the input you uh, provided. I will, it's aspirational to just say, will, is the city interested in, in uh, helping to produce a more robust document? But of course, in our annual reports, we would like to see this. So those are two separate items and I'll separate them. Okay, so, um, so how do we wanna tackle this? Should we uh, just provide not in a group email definitely should we all just if there's something we are opposed with on on the red item comments should we just send them over to commissioner chen and you know if there is any proposal otherwise we just go with the red line adjustments and leave it up to commissioner chen since this was your subcommittee I, you know i think you should get final say on you know what's going to be produced and what we vote on in february Does that work with everyone? Yeah, I'd like to put this one to bed because we need to start on the next one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, I'm thinking, you know, um, I don't think it needs more discussion. If there's any proposal, we just email you separately, not it. Well, I, no, no, I, would, I think we should email. Um, yeah, I think you should email me. Everybody so you can okay. email it to me and then I could, you know, okay. collect it and give it to Commissioner Chen. Commissioner so Chen. it wouldn't be okay, perfect, a, perfect. a yeah. change for talking about it. Uh, any kind of serial communication. And I don't right. mean Wheaties. <laughs> okay. Commissioner Um, I, I think that <laughs> we're slowly figuring out on the fly how to prepare work product as a group, which is, um, I don't know that other commissions or boards have had to wrestle with, you know, this substantive of a report being prepared as a group. So uh, I, I think we're, we're doing great as we, as we plot along. Um, the one topic that, uh, that I did add that I, I think may be beneficial to sort of just hear everybody's thoughts on, um, and Commissioner Chen, uh, let me know obviously if, if you have strong feelings, but um, with respect to uh, topic 4F, um, sort of issues brought up by that December complaint, which was um, 
just a really, you know, topically rich complaint. There were a lot of different open government issues that came up in that. Um, we did sort of talk during that hearing about the possibility of making a recommendation around um, encouraging the city to consider this 15-day statute of limitations as it applies to PRA requests. Um, and I, I, I put that margin comment in there. Is that something that other commissioners think is a, a recommendation we may want to consider before Commissioner Chen puts time into, into it or, or not? <laughs> Commissioner Camera. Yes, when I read that comment, I was jumping up and down with joy. So thank you, Commissioner Lopolato, for doing that. Um, yeah, it, it can be very complicated. And 15 days is a very short time to be able to do what you need to do. And um, especially because I have limited experience, but some experience working with the city, and they've always been pretty um, open to me in discussing what it is I wanted, what form it would be better than the form that I asked in that would cause huge burdens and time sinks for city staff. So I think as long as there are fruitful and productive conversations going on between city staff and whoever the complainant or the, the potential complainant, um, I think it's fine. And, you know, um, Commissioner Applaud, you talked about tolling the statute, and that's kind of a, a technical term, but I think refining that so that um, there's a clear point where one of the parties can say, that's it, I'm done. Or um, if I even to go as far as in some of my past experience to actually have a required meet and confer so that if one party, and I'm thinking a complaint potentially didn't really want to engage with the city, that there would be some requirement to do that. Um, and then the commissioners could evaluate whether or not, because it kind of brings up a question about unfounded in that is a separate area. But I think right now the statute of limitations tolling and making sure that the parties are both talking to each other before the trigger gets pulled. So I'm in complete support of that. Okay, I, I would just appreciate the proper language to, to communicate that in this report. So if, if either one of you want to shoot over some language, I'll be ecstatic. I, I'd be happy to help if uh, you need it. I do. Thank you. Commissioner <coughs> Plata. And um, yeah, just to chime in to close that out, I think, I, I think as long as we're framing it as, you know, like so many other things in this report, just encouragement for, you know, council and or the city attorney's office to, to consider this because, you know, my guess is that the origin of the 15 day statute of limitations was really with an eye towards the need to move forward with like open meetings violations and, and wanting to be sure the complaint process happens quickly uh, with respect to whether an item was publicly noticed and therefore council can move forward with some action that they took. Um, and that perhaps the implications on a PRA request just didn't really come into play. But I want to give some deference to obviously the drafters of that 15 day statute of limitations and in case there was some brilliant reason behind it that somehow we're missing. Um, though I do think Commissioner Camber's points are well taken. It just strikes me as it really incentivizes complaints when, when a lot of what we're dealing with with the extent of meetings here is, you know, we had 
I think more complaints than ever before. So the more we can find ways to, to have informal resolutions, the better. So I hand up my commercial camera, but then you took it down. Is that correct? Okay. Um, now now you, you've triggered a thought of Vice Chair Lopalato and very correct, you know, back in the day, it, I think, you know, this language was just for making complaints to meetings for the different, you know, uh, bodies that we have in government and PR way was, you know, we didn't even have those requests back then. So do we want to make this language, you know, one for sort of complaints that are about meetings and proper noticing and all that, where that's still the strict 15 days this way things in the city keep moving along, then maybe have a different guideline for PRA type requests. I don't know how we frame that in language, but it is, it is two really separate things that the origin is from meeting notices and, you know, Commissioner Chan, that's what, you know, got you to the, your first meeting with us over here was over a city council meeting and wasn't properly noticed and all that. And I think back then, you know, there was no state laws or in regards to PRAs. Um, commission, I mean, um, Madam Clerk. I, I, this kind of ties into your next item, and I, I just wanted to mention it here because the commission had given me direction when revising the form to point out that members of the public could also come to commission meetings and raise issues without filing a complaint. And so that is, there, we put, I, I, you know, the language right at the top kind of includes that, and we could kind of like, you know, try and put that in more places, you know, throughout so that members of the public know this commission exists, you know, also to just hear them and that you guys are interested in hearing from them. So um, I don't know how much that addresses, you know, exactly, um, but it is something that, you know, you guys had directed me to do and, and it is in the, the new revised form that you'll be considering next. Yeah. Okay. Um... Yeah, so I guess, you know, I'll, I'll definitely leave, leave that up to uh, Commissioner Chen when she gets the language from um, Commissioner Campbell or Commissioner, Commissioner Plato. It's like, you know, do we need two separate things? But I, I do understand, Commissioner Chen, you don't want to have another revision after the February meeting. And we, you know, they, you know, the more we talk about this, the more bunny holes we're going to go down and we're going to want more changes. So maybe we just leave this one as it is. I. You know, we keep talking, there's going to be something we're going to find that we could improve on. And that's just, you know, human nature. There, there's always something that could be made better. But at some point, you got to draw the line in the sand. So I'm in agreement there. We should just wrap this up and maybe all our new comments and our new ideas go into next year's report. Okay. I'll, bring, I'll bring the best of everything back. And uh, unless there's something highly egregious in it, then I, I, I would okay. hope the commissioners would adopt it because then uh, you need to set up a new subcommittee for the next report. All right, Commissioner Camera. So I'm going to kind of piggyback off of your words, though, um, Chair Telos, I guess at this point, in that um, there was a situation that occurred in the December 6th um, hearing about a uh, commissioner being recused or not recusing. And you would pose the question, now what do we do? And I was wondering if that was an issue because it came up in the 
2021 year, is it serious enough where the commission would want to answer that question or make that recommendation or at least make uh, make the council aware of a recusal and what would happen because that obviously has the impact of um, potentially having a, our decision come under judicial review. So in, in an earlier iteration of this report, I had the recusal issue on there, uh, asking council for clarification on uh, when, when a commissioner or any official would need to recuse himself from a vote. Um, I could put that back in because I did write it at one point. Um, so I, yeah, I think that obviously would help some we get some guidance. I think the issue is more is when there's a refusal of the recusal that then puts the entire decision of the commission potentially into question. And I would have loved to heard an answer or given um, Chair Telos an, an answer. All right, we have this, we're at a stalemate, and now what do we do? And it would be nice to have some ability to do something about that. Yeah, yeah. No, no, totally agree because that's how I, you know, sort of left it up there. And yeah, <laughs> it, it is open. Yeah, you know, and who knows? Three years from now, someone can bring it up. It's like, you know what? They should have really been recused. Um, yeah, I that that one I can't answer. I, <laughs> yeah, I think powers above me, or or a new uh, chair might have to tackle that one. Yeah. Well, once again, we, we don't have to answer it, but I think is it something we want to include in the report and ah. at least so know that the council's aware of it. Um there, there, I do remember there's some reason why we took it out. Um I probably can't remember off the top of my head. Um maybe Commissioner Lopalato has some guidance on that one or to refresh us. I, I don't know if it's guidance or actual refreshing. I was actually, my, my loose recollection, um, and I definitely remember that this was, this was a question Commissioner Chen had, had included in the past. Um, at some point, we were of an understanding that there was going to be more specific training given to the commission specifically with respect to our role um, in the adjudicatory process, which I would assume recusals would fall under that and sort of the guidelines for recusals and the importance of, you know, heeding that advice or, you know, something like that would be part of that training. So um, I, I think also with the note that if you, even if we include that question in the report, I would imagine practically speaking, city council is going to say, what would the city attorney's office say? So perhaps we can just ask the city attorney's office uh, via our wonderful chief assistant city attorney here to include that in a training in January, if such a trading is forthcoming. I thought it was gonna be in January, but I don't know that we've talked about it since. Um, we, we have talked about a training. Um, unfortunately, um, things got bumped due to the number of complaints. At the end of last year, I think the original plan that we, we were going to do it in December, because that typically is a slower month in the city and that didn't end up being the case. So. Um, the city clerk and I will will discuss the logistics of, of holding a 
um, training session during one of our, our meetings, since it will be open to the public, it will be conducted during a public meeting. And the checklist of topics that um, are intended to be presented would include um, conflicts of interest, which would include both statutory conflicts of interest, which are kind of the more easily understood because they're more cut and dry, as well as um, um, other conflicts of interest that are not statutory. They're more defined by case law. And those unfortunately tend to be more gray area. Um, and so, but we can discuss, or I can discuss those and the framework that we use in order to determine um, um, whether or not to advise certain commissioners if we believe there is a conflict. Commissioner Canberra? Just a question for Chief Assistant uh, Attorney. Are you aware of any enforcement um, actions for uh, a non-recusing council member or member of a legislative body? I'm not aware of any um, as I'm sitting here today, but um, um, certainly that's always the risk um, um, that that something, an action that taken by this body could be invalidated because um, somebody who did have a clear conflict of interest um, failed to heed the advice um, to recuse. But I can certainly include, if I find any um, actual examples of that, the fear I can include, I can include that during our training. That would be great if we could get some guidance. Yeah, that is, that is a tough one because there really is no, I guess like teeth, uh, we, we always use that one. You know, it's like, yeah, the city attorney could tell someone to recuse themselves and if they say no, it, you know, what do we do? Does the chair get to do something? No, the chair doesn't really have teeth and city attorney doesn't really have teeth and so the meeting I guess the only thing the action that a commission could take would be to not hear that agenda item and you know keep the vote from coming because if all the other commissioners are afraid that they have a vote that could be overturned you know so it puts us in a bad place and I actually was on the park um the park and rec board or rec and park board where we had something come up like this, where you know, we ask commissioners to recuse themselves, they they end up doing so, but they really didn't want to. Now they see precedents of other commissioners or other you know people members saying, "Hey, I don't have to." That you know, it does put us in a problematic area because you know now every other commissioner out there could just say, "I'm not recusing myself," and there is no teeth behind it. So it, it is definitely problematic. It's one of those ones where we are crossing our fingers and hoping, but you know, hope is not a strategy. So it's, <laughs> yeah, another, another tough one um, for our incoming uh, chair. Okay. okay, well, I think I have my marching orders. Yes, yeah, let's put this one. Uh, and all of you are invited to send any comments to me via. Uh, or to, no, no, to uh, Madam. No, 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 via Madam City Clerk, our, 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 our bandit. <laughs> okay, so it looks like um, we can move on to the next agenda item. 
because we're tabling this one. So that be 4D, consider amending the Sunshine Ordinance complaint form. And it looks like the city clerk will give us a brief presentation. Yes, so um, I'll I'll pull the form up off on the screen, and um, the commission, of course, already amended the procedure and has followed the the new procedure for the last couple of hearings, and then we're hoping to also update the form. So um, this is what our online forms look like. I think online is really the way to go. Um, once we switch to board and commission online applications, we got no more on paper anymore. So this is really, I think, the way people like to do business and it's convenient. So um, at the top here is is the, you know, where we're encouraging people to come and speak and, um, you know, that part that the commission wanted. And definitely you guys can feel free to edit and, you know, give any feedback on verbiage there. Um, so you'll note that the um, fields can be required or not required. So then the first field is complaint against a department or body, and that's a required field. But we note underneath it can be unknown. Um, the name of the individual contacted at the department or the body, that can also be unknown. So we just want to make sure that they enter something in that field. Yes. No. So before someone files a complaint, are they like, for example, it was a noticing issue for a city council meeting, is it up to the complainant to actually reach out to city council? No, 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 they, okay. yeah, they so don't I, have I, to. It's, it's reading funny to me like that. So who are they supposed to, what is the department or body they're contacting? So the complaint would be against the, so say it was at a city council meeting, the complaint would be against the city council and the department or body would be the city council. So it'd be repetitive, but the reason why both fields are there is because say you, um, you know, they wanted to request, uh, they did a, P a PRA request and it was against the city clerk department and they knew it was me, Laura Weisiger, who hadn't done it, you know, they could be that specific. So it can be, um, you know, that that's why the fields are there. And these fields didn't change. They're the same way that the, the form had both of these. And, it's, and also um, the first time I brought this around, um, basically, I um, I had looked at other cities, and they all have the exact same forms, really, and all of them request this information. So, got it. Yeah, it just reads a little funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying, but that it is, and we can change it if you guys have suggestions, ways to change it. Um, the next field um, that is also required is if it's a, a violation of public records or a public meeting. And um, the reason why I checked that um, violation of public meeting is because then the date field pops up so they can enter the date of the meeting. Um, and so uh, if they put your public records, the date of meeting field does not come up. So it's a, it's a you know, whatever, I don't know. It, system where it uh, generates that question next. Then the Sunshine Ordinance section, um, please cite, it says if known, and then there's a, that hyperlink takes you right to the whole Sunshine Ordinance um, section so they can see what section, but that field is not required. Um, and then please describe the alleged violation that is a required field and that's where they would have to enter um, their information there. That field does expand, it's not limited in size, it's just that as the default, but it fills to as long as they wanna write. And then they can attach any documents there. Um, the ordinance does require that they submit um, supporting evidence. So uh, that 
verbiage is there. And then um, their name is required. Um, a name is required, but of course, um, you know, uh, they have to be able to be, uh, and the date is required. That's obviously a given. And then um, we request at least one contact, way of contacting them to schedule the hearing. Um, and then we uh, included that the form is public and will be included in the meeting record and ask if they want their personal information withheld. Um, and then, uh, so that's basically the, the very simple uh, online form that uh, we were proposing. So they have to check they're not a robot, right? <laughs> yes, that is a, that's a part the city system automatically put on. I didn't add that. I wish I could take it off. I, those things are driving me a little crazy, but yeah. Okay, commissioners, any questions? Commissioner Montgomery. Um, I, I'm still, the, 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 the section that you brought up is still concerning to me because it, it kind of assumes in the question that the complainant is going to contact somebody around what the complaint or around what they were trying to get I, I don't understand the, that that section yeah um yeah is it, there's some other wording we could use there um let's see I, I get the example you gave, um, Madam Clerk. It's like, hey, there's a complaint. Maybe, maybe there's a PRA request. There's a complaint, so it's going to be against, you know, um, your office. And I talked to, you know, Madam Clerk. They put that. But then if it's like, you know, against a city council, it's like, no, I'm not reaching out to the city council. Can we? Um, yeah, I think okay. it's supposed to be if they did contact somebody to, you know what I mean? I think that's what they're supposed to put in there. I have a proposal. What if I made that field not required? Because then they could just skip it if it didn't make sense to them. And that way, you know, we'd have the, the first field of department or body would be required, you know, but then that second where they're trying to point out who, who they might have, you know, thought violated it, you know, could be, you know, not, not required. So they could skip. I don't know if that helps. Yeah. 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 Not required person contacted something in that realm. Uh, Commissioner Loplata. Um, I think a, a, a possible two word fix there would be to make it not required, but then just add a parenthetical that says, if any, right before that colon as an option there. Yeah. And then um, a separate question that I had on the date part um, where they're filling in their name and date, um, would that auto-populate with the date on which they're filling it out? And I just also wonder, given that, particularly for like, you know, we already have the date of meeting section, but sometimes people can get confused or maybe they think the date that I requested the records, um, if maybe that language could be changed to something like today's date or date of your complaint filing, but like have something sort of built in so that it auto-populates to the date they're submitting it. And if that date is tweaked in any way, I mean, I don't know, do we even need to voluntarily have them place the date given that it should just have a timestamp on it? 
we we do it does come through the system um and we could i think we could bake the field autopilot and we could auto populate and we could say date submitted just so it would be on the form when the commission sees it i think that's why we put it on was that you know even though it's auto auto populated and what we see on the inside i don't I, this is just i think so the commission can see the date that it was filed date filed maybe date complaint or change that verbiage i think that's a good suggestion Perfect. Um, filing date. There we go. Filing date. I I was comparing it to the to the written form that we started with, and I could see how um, a written form is less scary than than the than the online form because you know if you didn't contact anybody you would just skip that line, but but I think the um, solutions that were recommended uh, would, would work, um, you know, name of person contact if, if you know, if you yeah. did, but, but looking at the written form, because I remember filling this out, you know, it didn't seem scary to me, but <laughs> looking at the online form was a little more daunting. I think the online form, it automatically defaults to this really large font when I print too, which looks like it's yelling at you a little bit. And the other one looks, you know, a little more calm because the font is like more normal looking. It, it won't look so yelly at them on the on the website. It's just the default when I print it. Um, not so yelly at you. I love that. Um, I'm wondering if uh, so I guess very quick clarification, are, are you planning to continue to offer a paper option potentially? Yes, and, and what I would do is I would basically have the exact language of this match on this old form um, so that it would look the exact same and have the exact same fields no matter whether they got the paper or did it online. Um, but like I, I would highly doubt we would get many people doing it on paper just based on the other trends we've seen. That makes sense. Um, and then one other question I had on the, actually two other questions, the please describe the alleged violation. Does that, um, does that box have like a, a word limit or a character count limit or anything like that we need to worry about blocking somebody out? Okay. Um, and then, uh, the other question I had was actually something that I think our chief assistant city attorney flagged, which was the statement of um, you're required to submit all evidence supporting your complaint at the time of filing. And um, I know we've battled, we've battled with that in the complaint procedure planning of wanting to encourage as much evidence to come in early so that it can be placed on the agenda, you know, in a properly noticed way, but at the same time needing to also retain flexibility to allow complainants to provide information up to and during the hearing, which I think is the language that we landed on. So um, is there a way that that language can be revised that is, uh, I guess, more, more flexible to our complainants here? Yeah, maybe uh, this chief um, assistant city attorney have some suggestions. Well, just to, um, just to start off with, I, I think, part of the confusion arises from the actual text of the statute because um, it, it says upon filing of an official complaint form, parenthetical, including submittal of all evidence and parens, 
with the city clerk's office, the complainant and the city shall appear at a hearing scheduled. So there's this um, language that's not entirely clear, but definitely very suggestive that all evidence um, that the complainant will be relying upon is going to be included as part of the complaint. However, further on in that same subsection, which is 2-93.2, um, it does state that um, um, during the hearing, the commission will provide the parties with the chance to present evidence and make arguments. So one could also take from that that there's another chance for the complainant to bring up um, perhaps other evidence. Um, and in practice, of course, um, in practice and also in our new complaint procedure, um, the commission, you all have, have um, made it clear that um, you want to hear and consider any evidence that a complainant may bring up at the hearing, um, preferably in written documents um, filed ahead of time. But um, I know the commissioner, I'm sorry, uh, Vice Chair Lopalato just alluded to this also at the time of the hearing because we or you all do not want to, to put up any barriers for the complainant to put their best foot forward, so to speak. Um, that's, so that's a long background. I said I would elaborate in my email. That's my elaboration. Um, that being said, um, we could definitely in, in this section, um, I mean, we could take out the entire um, sentence, you know, just say, um, please attach relevant documents here and just end. It doesn't have to say anything. You could also say um, you are required, um, but not you are not required to submit all evidence, but any evidence would be helpful. And then maybe see a link to our complaint procedure so that it's clear um, to the complainant that there will be another chance to, to marshal all of their evidence in a cohesive written submittal. Um, to me, the simplest thing is just to say, please attach relevant documents and then end. Um, but that's that. So my suggestion is probably very, very basic, which is just to remove yeah. that second um, sentence. Or maybe just, uh, please attach relevant documents slash evidence here. So it sort of adds in the word evidence, then yeah. So, so, so it gives you a, a jogger of the person saying, hey, okay, this is relevant, this is relevant. Oh, evidence, okay. I mean, I, I, I just go to um, a court procedure, which is if you file a complaint, you have to allege enough to show that there's some there there to land, to get you to court. So to show in this case, I filed a PRA request on blankety blank date and I didn't get a response. Okay, that puts us everyone on notice, the city and the commission, this is what we're going to be talking about. And then there could, um, in a- they could, put, um, like a, they could put an email trail. And exactly, exactly. Yeah. I'll say Madam City Clerk yeah. is- Understood. Um, Madam Clerk? So uh, when um, Ms. McKenzie was saying it out loud, it, it popped into my head that we could say, um, uh, change that second sentence to just say all, or, or just say, don't even put the word all, get rid of the word all. Evidence supporting your complaint should be submitted at the time of filing. The, and then put put like a semicolon, uh, the and then the second part of that about the you know the commission, um, you know where is it? I lost the part now. Oh shoot! When she said it out loud, it's made perfect sense, and now I've lost it. Um, oh yeah, during the hearing, um, 
the commission will provide the part will provide an an opportunity to present evidence and make arguments you know so that they know that you know they, they should submit something here or to encourage them to submit something here but then they could also submit it at the hearing like just tie it together the whole thing i don't know if that's more explicit and helps them more yeah. you know rather than know, keeping... commissioner chen does that make it more scary so i'm thinking now we're just we're not even making it even longer uh, i'm i'm sort of on this going down the simple path of please attach relevant documents here or please attach relevant documents slash evidence just short sweet then of course when this is submitted you know city staff will work with that person and let let them know later on that you know more evidence as you get it could be turned in we don't have to say that on the form yeah i mean i i guess since i was analog and paper i i i had the impression that i could present more evidence at the hearing so right. because i was on a deadline right 15 days boom 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 right and then after you think about it you know you get the hearing date and you think about it you said oh you start, you're putting your deck together yeah so yeah, I, you, I think i think the lay person add, would know add know things that. so i don't want the questionnaire to dissuade me from being able to um add to my arguments okay the old form did say please attach all relevant documents documentation supporting your complaint documentation is required so the old form did have it on there but maybe mm -hmm. But, be, but because because the uh, instructions say you're going to be able to uh, present your arguments at the hearing, that always tells me you know I can say more things. <laughs> the old form didn't say that. It just oh it didn't. But no, even in the that was the new complaint procedure. Mm, okay. No, then I I just made it up in my head. <laughs> Mr. Montgomery. Um, one of the, I think we definitely need to leave some kind of language there about um, submitting any evidence that they now have or documentaries they have now. Um, what my fear is that on the day of the hearing, we get swamped with 60, 90, 100 pages of late hearing material, like two hours before it's time to start. Um, so I, I, I don't, although we want to get as much as possible from, from the complainant, we want to hear all their evidence. I, I do like some kind of statement on the form that um, guides them to put as much as, as that, you know, to, to, to enter as much as they have now, um, because that, that would be a, one, one fear of mine is that there's nothing then, but then on day of, it just comes in and swamps us. Yeah. Um... I share that, but from what I've seen of what people have come to in the meetings, I don't think anyone's really swamped us yet with 90 pages. So, you know, still crossing my fingers. But, uh, <laughs> um, Commissioner Camera. Uh, yeah. So I um, have the same concern on both sides of this coin that, yeah, potentially you get swamped at the end, which could prejudice the other side. But um, we have civilians looking at this. And so I think maybe language along the lines of um, additional evidence or additional documents or additional information may be submitted later. 
And then as city staff is working with the complainant to encourage them to get that in within some time before the hearing. So no, the morning of or that afternoon, we don't get it. Um, and to your point, Commissioner Montgomery, the way that I would be handling that is that I would not be able to evaluate that evidence. That is what my job is. So yeah, it's there, but I'm not gonna be able to give it much weight in the overall. And I, my concern would be the other party, which in this case, most likely is gonna be the city though, doesn't experience some, uh, we in the legal terms, we call it prejudice. They don't know the argument. They don't have the ability to um, defend. And so you're getting one side only in those kinds of arguments. So yeah, it, it's a tough call. Um, Chief Assistant City Attorney. I had a um, question for Madam City Clerk, which may um, sh shed some light or give you some direction, depending on her answer. When or where do we um, point our complainants to our new complaint procedure? Because if I were, if I were going to file a complaint, um, being able to read the the complaint procedure, knowing that there's this these um, guidelines outlining when I'm um, encouraged, I think is the term that we use to um, file things and what the timeline was, might give me, um, um, might address both points that are being made that I know that I do have a chance to, to gather more evidence and that I should really get myself in gear to present it um, X number of days ahead of the hearing. Yeah, so that's a very good question. And um, the way it is on the website is uh, the, it's the entire procedure is up and posted and it it tells people to click here for an outline of the process and click here for the complaint form and then if they go to the actual outline of the process and the, the complaint procedure and they're reading through it then they can even within that complaint procedure click directly to file the form from that complaint procedure too so you know they wouldn't have to go back to that first page to get to the complaint form either so so the procedure is actually posted as the first thing that they can click on to review, um, because then that way they can, you know, read through it, understand the process, ho hopefully, um, you know, and um, I think absolutely everywhere I always put, if you have any questions, contact the clerk's office, because we don't want them to ever feel overwhelmed or like they can't file a complaint because, you know, we want them to get the assistance from us if they need it in order to be able to file. So um, that's pretty much everywhere too. And I think we even have it at the top of, of the form too. Yeah, if you have any questions or need assistance, it's right at the top of the form too. Vice Chair? Um, yeah, is it possible to embed the link to the complaint procedure in the form. Um, and, and the one thought I'm just having is really swapping out one word here. So a simple fix, we have please attach relevant documents here. Um, and then saying you are encouraged to submit evidence. I wouldn't say all. So you're encouraged to submit evidence supporting your complaint at the time of filing. For more information on submitting evidence prior to the hearing, please see the complaint procedure and link to that because we do lay it out in the complaint procedure. Um, I think over time, our new complaint procedure, you know, it, it needs to be road tested more. We may hear from people that it's too legalistic, it's too, um, you know, formal, and perhaps we'll do more revisions to that. But as it stands now, it does include an entire section on pre-hearing submissions that also ties the timing for submissions to the agenda timing. So we encourage people to submit as much evidence as they can 13 days before, because of course the agenda um, that, that gives time then, I think, to uh, 
build things in before the agenda needs to be posted. And that has like, a, the complaint procedure has a very specific reference to, you know, information submitted within that time may still be considered. I know we batted around language around like, but we may not be able to evaluate it if you give it to us one hour before the hearing, which is the reality. But um, I think we left language like that out so as to not seem to be dissuading it. Um, but of course, anytime city staff is talking to a complainant leading up to a hearing, the more they can encourage early submissions, the better. Yeah, I think it, since they're going to be working with city staff, we could just leave it basic. I sort of like Commissioner Canberra, keep the first sentence, additional evidence could be um, submitted later, you know, really just basic. That's where I'm leaning, but do we have a motion on, the, on this one? I think I think that's the last piece we got to do. Um, Mr. Montgomery. I move we accept the form with the four said changes. <laughs> so we had Commissioner Lopalato's sentence, we had Commissioner Cameras. Which one are you going with? Just to make it an official motion? The la uh, Commissioner Lopalato's. We have just, a second? Just, Can we restate that language again, please? I think I can, did you, do you have it? Okay. Uh, no, I was just making it up on the fly. I think you were oh. jotting it down, but I also am very open to if other people who have filed complaints, if, if you think it's too complicated to look at the link. I mean, I'm, I'm, I was just spitballing here. <laughs> okay, I think yeah. the first part was you are encouraged to submit evidence supporting your complaint at the time of filing. Um, and then uh, for more information about, uh, filing evidence, you know, and then a link to the procedure. It would be, you know, just a quick short link to to take them right to the procedure or additional information. I think you said additional information about uh, filing evidence is here and then it'd link right to the complaint procedure. Okay, do we have a second to Commissioner Montgomery's motion? I see a second. Okay, Madam Clerk, we take a vote. Commissioner Canberra. Aye. Chen. Aye. Lo Palato. Aye. Montgomery. Aye. Chair Tilos. Aye. That carries by five eyes. Woohoo. Hey. Now, um, complaint form. So we got the online version now. Madam Clerk, were we going to talk about the paper version or are we just going to, or can we just, instead of going up over that one, would the paper version just be our online version now? It, it definitely can be. Um, yeah, that, that uh, I can make it match exactly to the I, form. I, yeah. I would lean that way just so everything's the same and we have the language that we all wanted now. Um, Okay, um, commissioners, are, are you okay with that? Do we have a motion? Mr. Canberra. I'm trying just, just a quick question that if we're giving out a paper application, obviously, even if you print it in blue, it's not gonna connect you to the um, appropriate link. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you'd have to do some manual searching <laughs> yourself now, right? Now no, you gotta, that is a good distinction. Um, that one got me. Yes, no, it would actually have the um, 
address, the actual printed web address so they could type it in. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Or, or a QR code. A QR code. Oh! oh I can look whoa, into that. Whoa, whoa. Commissioner Chen's been holding out on us. <laughs> She's gotten yeah. into the 2000s. That, that would assume, of course, that a person that had that That's type a of a phone that didn't <laughs> flip um, and that understood the concept of a QR code as well. Present company, perhaps in that um, category. So, okay. Um, so, so, do we have a second to keep keep the paper form to match the online form? Or actually, not a second, but a motion, um, Commissioner Chen. Yeah, I mean, I I'm a little bit confused. Originally, uh, Madam City Clerk, you said it would look more like this. Okay, so it's it's an analog with the same language as the online. Okay, thank you. I, I move. Okay, so do you, have, do you have a second? Commissioner Montgomery? Second. Madam Clerk? Commissioner Canberra? Aye. Chen? Aye. Lo Pilato? Aye. Montgomery? Aye. Chair Tilos. Aye. Carries by five eyes. Okay. Staff updates. I don't know if uh, the Chief Assistant City Attorney wants to say it or I, but the Sunshine Ordinance training occurred on December 15th, and um, we had good attendance and good questions, and then the video has been posted on the website uh, for anybody uh, who wasn't able to attend or members of the public to view at any time. Awesome. Commissioner Montgomery. Okay. Uh, commission agenda request. By any commissioners? There, were, there okay. were none. Those, yeah, they're done. Commission communications. I don't think I got anything. There's the one communication from Commissioner Canberra. Oh yes, yes, yeah. Thank, thank, thanks for the note, uh, Commissioner Canberra. Well, I think it's just nice that we kind of get to know of the new kid on the block, so to speak, and what sorted past did I have that's going to impact and taint this barrel of apples. Yes. And again, welcome to, welcome back to the commission. Yes. Thank you. Honored to be here. Okay. Let's see. Any other commission communications? Okay. Non-agenda public comment. Do we have any public speakers? We do not. Okay. Um, it is 8.52. We didn't want to get to the nine o'clock hour. I think we all accomplished that. Way to start the new year. Um, thank you all. And I'm looking very forward to uh, continuing on this commission with all of you and our new appointed um, chair and vice chairs. I see a hand up by Commissioner Chen. I just wanted to thank you, Chair Tilos, for uh, struggling with us <laughs> this year. It's 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 been difficult, but you know, together we figured out solutions. And uh, oh my gosh, look, really at that, great look at the report that we're providing um, from you, the help of you and former Commissioner uh, Shabazz. A lot, yeah. We instead of doing two meetings, we did ten. A lot was accomplished. Um, yes. It was a struggle, but you guys had a struggle with me. So <laughs> equally thankful for all of you.
and I wanted to welcome uh, Commissioner Canberra, and uh, and I'm sure we'll have a great time. Yes. <laughs> Good job. Okay, so eight fifty four. Let's adjourn. Thank you, everyone.